An excerpt from Notes on the Sharrow, written by Cast. You can see the sharrow's touch in every part of this land, in the spiralling growth of the coag trees and the edgewise migrations of the tub wings. Life follows the sharrow. Every settlement here has its own ways of celebrating our remnant's arrival, because we know that with it comes spring, that in its tread wildflowers grow like footprints, birds settle to nest and the land begins to warm, ready for the sowing of the year's first crops. Spring spreads through the land in a great circle. The shadow's passing wakes it, I have spent half a life trying to trace the shadow, give detail to these movements. This is what I know. The shadow appears somewhere to the east before journeying counterclockwise around its territory. It likely appears somewhere just to the south of Converse, where, for most of the year, you can see, almost like a line winter one side, spring on the other. It takes the remnant almost six months to complete its circle. By the time it has returned to Nerkanvers, it is the height of summer there. And where its return comes autumn, then winter. It doesn't complete a second cycle though. It just goes, disappears. A creature once so obvious is suddenly elusive. There are theories as to where it goes. Perhaps it dives beneath the earth and water at the bottom of its furrow to hibernate there or circle again, underground. Maybe it goes elsewhere, grants another land its spring. Or maybe, like the sun in the evening, it simply ceases to be, and maybe once, there was another just like it. A different remnant that was there when a shadow was not. Its own moon. A twin that shepherded calmer winters. Welcome to These Flimsy Rituals, a role-playing podcast focusing on telling small stories in big worlds. Joining me today is Ryan Evans. Hi, I'm Ryan. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BrainXray. Thryn Henderson. Hi, I'm Thryn. You can find me on Twitter at Thryn. Steve Martin. Hey, I'm Steve, um, and I haven't thought of a gimmick for this one yet, actually. And I'm on Twitter at purple underscore Steve. And Elizabeth Simones. Hi, I'm Elizabeth, or Ziz. You can find me on Twitter at CSilfGames. And I'm Adam Dixon. You can follow me on Twitter at AdTDixon. And you can follow the show on Twitter at FlimsyRituals. In case events. Um, so I think where we la- last left you, um, you were at the spring to the, the River Askell. Yeah, Assel, sounds sorry, familiar. River Askell. Um, with with Shu, um, and you just set off to find the remnant. So imagine, um, like unlike Briss and, and Belka, you you probably like rested up. Yeah, I feel like after me and Shu had that emotional time at the the spring, we had a little break and rested up. Okay, and how's the journey been going? I mean, it's good progress. Obviously, Shu is way more equipped to be out here than I am, but. I think we're making good time. Nothing too speedy, though. And is there much conversation? I think a lot of maybe Ven's just talking at Shu. 
just being like, oh, yeah, I remember coming past here. And, oh, look, this is where those birds used to live. Oh, shoo. And then Shoo will try and bring up, like, stuff that's already happened and Venz will just start talking about something else completely. Okay. So, like, lots of, like, nature facts. Yeah. Now, this moss... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure Venz is uh, really fun to go on a hike with. Well, you know, I thought this would be interesting for Shoo since he's <laughs> probably never been this far north before. Sure, sure. So, yeah, you follow uh, the River Askell for about a day before you get to a point well, I guess you've got a choice. Um, you can either f- uh, ford the river and cross over to Mashik, uh, which is the largest village of this area, or you can break away from the river and keep going north towards the canyon, which is where you feel the remnant is. I think even when I set off, I was making a beeline for the remnant, and I kind of wanted to avoid taking Shu to Mashik. For any reason why? Um, maybe just because I feel like it would be a big distraction for Shu. You know, considering he's just lost his village and, uh, you know, we're meant to be on a journey of survival rather than, uh, oh, Shu, here's this really big village and a lot of people who, you know, are relatively safe and not feeling your plight. Um, so why did you bring Shu with you in the first place? Because he was the one that was stood there? <laughs> I mean, maybe more that he'd seen stuff that Vens can do already, and, you know, I'd already had to admit certain things to him just to get by, so if the secret's already half out, might as well keep him interested and use him to help me get to the remnant. Sure. Okay. So you break away from the river and you walk north for a little while. You're probably a few hours between the river and in the canyon um, when you you spot like a small holding uh, sitting by itself um, in like an otherwise like empty landscape up ahead. It seems to be like a small cottage maybe built for a couple of people. Uh, I guess built out of wood. And you can hear noises from within it. What sort of noises, like? I think there's maybe like the sound of music. Um, you can hear notes being played from something that sounds like a guitar or some other kind of stringed instrument. Around the same time that you hear this, like, uh, Shu realises there's a noise as well and like holds up his hands and gestures for silence. I probably follow his lead. This is more his area than mine. I don't really do people. Um, I feel like he he looks at you and goes, should we talk to them? They might have seen something, they might be able to help us. I mean, if they've set up out here, there's probably a good reason for it. Let's maybe observe a little longer, see what they do. Okay. Um, how are you observing? Are you, like, trying to get closer, or are you just observing from distance? I think if there's a a place for us to get closer that isn't super obvious, then I'd like to. But then I also don't. I don't fancy laying in a hedge or anything. <laughs> I'm not gonna just command to it. Sure. Um, so I imagine like this as you go further north in the shadow, um, away from the wind. I, I feel like it's a little bit heavier forested, and they're probably like a little bit more like shrubbery and stuff like that. So you might just get quite close. Um, and this would maybe be a good time to make a pay attention to the world around you roll. 
which is when you spend a moment to pay attention to the world around you, roll on a 10 plus, ask 3, on a 7 to 9, ask 1. So, I think Venz is feeling kind of interested is the word, maybe just like intrigued as to why somebody would have set out, set up out here. Okay. So, I'm trying to think what that might link back to. Very powerful, I think. Eight. Cool. Um, so on an eight, you get to ask one, what's my best way out, in, or past? How is blank vulnerable to me? Which enemy is the biggest threat? What, if anything, appears out of place? What's my enemy's true position? Is this going to get worse before it gets better? What's the history of blank? What superstitions exist about blank? What is the history of this shack? Sure. Um, you remember that it was like once a man from Mashik, who I think was, he was exiled. You, you never really found out the reasons why, but, but he was forced to leave the town. And so he set off and he, and he came into the wilderness and he, and he built this, this place for himself. And he's lived here for like a couple of decades. You've met him a couple of times, you've stayed with him a couple of times. He's always been friendly and hospitable, but I guess a little bit quiet. I think I think you know his name. I think you know his name was uh, Cast. And I feel like the last time uh, you, you stayed here, he'd got a pet, um, which was like a dog called Leaf. And that man called Cast had built this hut, and yeah, he's lived here on his own for 20 years. The people that you see like, floating around the hut now are neither of those. Uh, there seems to be a couple of people, as far as you can tell, um, in this cabin. One of them um, comes outside to kind of, I guess, tip away some liquid, and you, you, you can also hear another voice shouting from inside, and, and you assume that's the person that's playing the guitar. These people don't belong here, Shu. I, I know the person that used to live here, and it's, it's, it's not them. We, we, should, we should skirt around this, we should press on. Something doesn't seem right. She like looks at you and goes and like nods. What if they've done something? We can't know that, but we've got important work to do. We need to get to the Sharrow. I can't be wasting time on something so small as this. This isn't small, this is this is this could be someone's life. Oh shoo. <laughs> Was that in character, or...? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like maybe a little bit. <laughs> maybe, maybe I am growing fond of Shu. Um, okay. He's, he's bent my arm. Are you going to take a look? I'm going to take a look. Okay, uh, how, how are you going to go about this? Um, well, I'm going to wait for that person to go back inside, the one that had... Uh, been tipping out the liquid or whatever. Okay. I'm going to be trying to get close to the building. Not like a window or anything, but see if I can just listen through a wall. Are you sneaking? Yeah. Stealthy vents. Okay, um, I feel like this is definitely time for a tempt fate roll. Uh, which is when you tempt fate roll, on a 10 plus you do it, on a 7 9 you do it, but there's a cost. The MC can offer a worse outcome, a hard bargain, or an ugly choice. What, what is Shu doing right now? Is he like following in your footsteps, or is he doing something different? I think he's going to keep watch just to make sure that nothing, nobody surprises me by coming out of one of the doors or something. Okay, yeah. So I feel like he's kind of skirted around the forest 
to kind of keep keep a watch on the front a little bit better. Makes sense to me. How are you feeling? Still powerful or no? Because this is way off my remit, off 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 Vince's usual path. It's usually I'm I'm going somewhere I know or I'm avoiding trouble. So definitely scared. I think. Oh, eleven. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um. So, so you sneak down from the tree line and make it to the side of the hut. Uh, it's a wooden hut. And you can hear voices coming from the inside. What are you doing? I think I'm just quietly waiting, maybe to see if I can get some more information here, who they are. Obviously, if I can hear if it's cast, then I know it's safe. Okay, yeah. Um, I think there's maybe a window on the side of the, the side of this cabin um, that you kind of listen in through. And, and if you wanted to, you could try look look in through it as well. Um, and you can hear two voices. One seems to talk more. Um, they say, have you got everything yet? We, we need to get going. Nearly. Are you looking through the window? Are you taking that risk? I don't think so. I think if, if I do remember who Cass is, I'd probably remember what they sound like. So, and if this doesn't sound familiar to me, then I'm going to not risk it. I'm just going to maybe wave a hand to wherever Shu is and just tell him to keep down sort of thing. Okay, yeah, you can... I think you, like, peek around the corner of the building, you can see Shu is... has kind of positioned himself behind some foliage, overlooking the door of the cabin. And you listen for a little bit longer, and it seems like these two people are looting this building. Um, And it seems like they're about to leave, and one of them, uh, the high-pitched voice says, what about him? Can we leave his body there? And the other voice says, yeah, no choice. And then you hear the door start to open. Uh, what are you up to? I'm just going to try and keep hidden, I think. I think there's no no real need for me to try and get involved. Cool. Are you trying to observe these two? Yeah, I think without making it too obvious. I'm not going to be, you know, leaning around from the side of the house or anything, but peeking a little, maybe trying to keep my eye on where Shu is at the same time. Okay. Um, the first person to exit a house is a woman. She's tall, maybe over six foot, and very, very thin, and has long, long hair, which is, instead of hair, is like made of tiny feathers, and it seems to be like a red-blue weave going through. I guess you've been to Mashik before, and she looks like someone, one of the villagers from Mashik. Like, like they often look like this. Um, the other person who follows her out is a lot shorter, maybe just over five foot. Is built in like a very stocky stature, and is wearing like a leather skull cap. And instead of two normal pairs of eyes, um, has like a band of like small eyes going from one temple to the other across the bridge of their nose. The woman sighs as she walks out and looks back at the cabin and makes like like a sign. I, I think you recognise it as like a religious symbol, like a sign of respect. Um, and then pulls a heavy pack, which they're both carrying heavy packs that seems to be full of stuff. Like slings it over her shoulder, you can hear like metal and other things rattle, and then starts walking uh, down the path. Um, what are you doing? Are you just observing? Yeah, I think I'd like to just try and 
get into the cabin as soon as possible. So maybe just waiting for them to be off into the distance and then going to try and let myself in. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, the two of them walk down the road, and after they've gone down the main path a little while and turned out of your view behind some trees, uh, you, you manage to slip into the cabin. I don't think you were prepared to see what was inside. Like, you feared that something bad might have happened, but you hadn't quite steeled yourself for it. So, the cabin... Have you been inside this place before? Have you stayed with Cass? Yeah, I think so. I, I think especially... If he is an outsider and he's lived on the edge of town, probably more reason for me to spend time with him, because obviously I don't really like to spend time in in big with groups, big groups of people. Sure. When you when you're normally in this cabin, Cast isn't necessarily tidy, but he is meticulous. That the space has cabinets all around the walls, and in those cabinets are labelled and filed things that he's found in the environment around him. So he's got a cabinet that has has different kinds of mushrooms that he's identified and tried. He's got a space that has a load of different insects and things that he's pinned to like boards and, and left around. And those pieces are neat, but like the the place itself isn't neat. There's so there's too much stuff for this like smaller space for it to be neat, but. But it's organised, and you know that Cast has a way of organising this place. Um, but right now, it's an absolute mess. All of those cabinets um, have been like pulled to the floor. They're, they're kind of like smashed, and like the glass has gone everywhere, and, and things like the table that are in one corner have been broken and tipped over. The bed itself, which sits on like the right hand side of the cab of the cabin as you go in, uh, it's it's kind of small, just risen above the floor. On on that bed. Uh, you can see that there appears to be a, a body. It's face down and it's half covered in bedding. Um, what do you do? I think I'd like to examine the body. Maybe just see what happened. See if I can tell how how he died. Sure. Um, yeah, you slowly approach the bed and you can see, as you get closer, you can see that the head is... Is turned to the right, facing the wall, so you couldn't see who it was when you came in, but as you get closer, you can see that it is the body of Cast. And it looks like the body's been here for a couple of weeks. It looks like it's been rotting down, and if you can guess it by, like, looking at him, like, you, you, you know by the smell as you walked in. There are a couple of stab wounds in his back. The blood around them is dried, but it's also dried, like, over the bedding, turning green sheets to a crimson red. Can I tell if it's... Like from a a knife or a sword, or is it from an animal? Um, it it looks to be from a blade. You wouldn't guess they'd be like a knife or a sword. It looks more like it's been something like an axe. Oh god! <laughs> you stayed with Cast, and you know that like Cast has um a pet, uh, like a dog called Leaf, and they're not here. Um, the dog isn't here. Their bed is empty. You'd expect them to be here, but they're not. Hmm. I mean, in the commotion, it could have run away, but yeah. Is there any other things I can tell from inside the cabin? Any, well, I wouldn't go as far to say clues, but anything that would help me figure out what happened. What sort of thing are you looking for? Maybe just like an indication or somebody was here, making it obvious what happened. I mean... If not, I don't really plan to stay for long. Okay, yeah. If you'd like to, you can make a pay attention to the world around you move. 
Okay, yeah, I'll do that. What does this look like as you're doing it? Is this like being a detective, or is it magical in any way? <laughs> I don't think it's magical. I think it is, honestly, like, Venz has spent a lot of time traveling and looking for, well, looking for animals and things like that. It's almost as if he's, like, tracking something else. It's just, like, looking at what's going on in the cabin and seeing if I can piece together what happened. Sure. I think Venz is probably sad, you know. This is maybe one of the few people that Venz has been able to build a relationship with and to find them like this obviously isn't a nice thing for anyone. Two seconds. Well, because I forgot to open the character sheet. <laughs> Seven. Okay, so when you spend a moment to pay attention to the world around you, roll on a 10 plus, ask three, on a 7 to 9, ask one. When you act on an answer, given, take plus one forward. Um, what was your bonus there? Was it? It's negative one, so it's my hardest one. Oh, nice. Just, Just managed to roll a 7, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the questions are, what's my best way out in past? How is blank vulnerable to me? Which enemy is the biggest threat? What if anything appears out of place? What's my enemy's true position? Is this going to get worse before it gets better? What is the history of blank? What superstitions exist about blank? I think I'm going to go for what, if anything, is out of place. Just because, especially if I think I've spent a lot of time with Cast, I can probably see if something, you know, from his place shouldn't be here or if something's missing. Sure. Let me give you two things here. The first is most obvious. And that is that there's lots of stuff missing from this space. I think it's quite clear from what's been taken that a lot of that stuff was taken by the two people that just left. Um, second thing that's out of place is you knew that Cast was working on, on a book. He was working on a guide to like the flora and fauna of Khan Veskel. He was gathering stuff from the surrounding area. He was, he was making drawings of of the animals that you found. Uh, part of the reason why he's got so many samples here is he was kind of investigating that. And that book is totally missing. You can't find it anywhere in the room. And you don't think that it was a thing that these two would have taken? Yeah, they maybe didn't seem like the type. Okay. I think at this point, what I'm going to do now is maybe maybe head outside and call Shu down to the cabin. Maybe just wave him down. Sure. Um, I, I feel like by this stage he's probably like, appeared at the door anyway um, and was probably keeping an eye out to make sure they didn't return. He looks inside and looks at the body and... Did you know him? Unfortunately, yes. I, I just can't think of who, who would have done this. Especially to a man like this. He gives you a look of sympathy and then like, clasps his hand on your shoulder. We can't leave him like this. And then, um, I guess the question is, what are the burial rites around here? I think it's hard for a person who's an outcast, purely for the fact of, I guess things are very much family-oriented here, or like in your, your group or your unit. They would be the ones to take care of those things for you. And as someone as an outcast, I guess... You can't really hope for much of that because you don't know when someone will ever find you or find your body. So I think 
if anything, the thing Cass would have wanted would be to be returned to return to nature, return to the thing that he liked the most. So, Like, just left out in the open sky sort of thing? Yeah, to be part of the ecosystem. Is it just, like, left for the birds, or...? I think that's what Cass would have wanted, definitely. Not even left for the birds, but left for everything. Okay. You know? So maybe I can just ask Shu to help me take him up to the tree line. Somewhere not obvious, but somewhere where he can be left in peace and left for the world. Sure. Do you say anything? Do you do you position the body in any certain way? I feel like after a few weeks there wouldn't be much point in trying to position him. Um, I think placing him as we found him on the floor and maybe not even saying anything, just a quiet word in my head to the shower to watch over him and to use his remains for whatever the shower needs. Sure. I guess one of the things we didn't define was what the village's, like, the nuts burial rites are, which I think is interesting because I think they're different. After you've placed him down and he's on the ground, I think she walks up and just takes a bit of force and is not entirely pleasant, but turns, turns casts, like, eyes to the sky and says a couple of words under his breath. Because the people from Ninnut have this thing with the sight and in gathering every day to look at the sky, I feel like this is part of an old tradition that they have. I think there's a quiet moment between the two of you and then Shu like just looks at you and, and nods, as if to say it's you know, it's time to move on. Do you want to take anything from the cabin before you leave? I don't think so. I think it's more there as a monument to cast now rather than anything. Maybe just try and close it up as best I can, maybe to try and dissuade people from looting it or something. I'm not sure if there's any way I can do that, but... Um, if you wanted to prevent people entirely, I think you'd need to, like, burn it down or something. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Okay. Um, let's go over to Chala. I think you'd blacked out again after confronting Strail and making demands of Strail. The wisest thing I've ever done. Sure. <laughs> It actually might be for Charlie. It might oh. actually be the wisest thing you've ever done. Um, but... I think when you wake up, um, like it's becoming quite common for you, you wake up in the back of a cart, and, and there seems to be a very different mood um, amongst everyone. But it, it seems to be almost celebratory. There seems to be like a lot of excitement in the voices around you. As you wake up, you see that people seem to be gathering around another group of people. They seem to be ce- like celebrating. They seem to be hugging people. And as as you watch and look, you can see the four faces that you never thought you'd see again. You see the faces Savell, Ven, Island, and Venman. How much do you remember of like your conversation? Is this like a thing that is like very consciously? I remember it. I think I think it is very consciously remembered. Um because I went searching for it and I remembered welcome before. Sure. I know what I've done. Okay, yeah. I don't quite understand. But you know that you've done it. Yeah. And I think you also know that something has changed or shifted in you. Yes. I think that is quite clear. Do you have, like, an idea of how that manifests, or...? Uh, no. For now, it probably would be pretty, like, there's obviously something different, but I don't know what yet. Sure. And then it'd be some appropriate time where all of a sudden I know what that is. Yeah, like right now, it might just be something as simple as, like, tapping a beat on the side of the car. Yeah. 
it's probably like something you heard while you were there. It's probably like the do you know like there was a song in the sound of like the, the torn apart voice. Ah, that's so creepy. But cool. Creepy but cool. Yeah. I think the other thing you notice as you look around is you seem to be gathered on the side of a mountain. The mountain seems to be looming over you at this stage. It's it's closer than you've ever seen it. And your eyes are somehow drawn to a thing that's flying up above it. It looks like there's some kind of bird. I guess it's not that far away, but it seems to be hovering above. It seems to be some kind of kite. Oh. Um, and you seem to be at the edge of the mountain. You can see that there's there's a path snaking up it that's uh, like leads to a cave. Uh, there's like a gap in the path that seems to have been bridged with ropes. And behind you, you can see the storm closing in. But it seems too far away right now for people to be concerned with it. You know, looking at this, at this thing flying above, that this is a sign of safety. Uh, is anyone looking at me strangely? I, I, I actually think um, Ioth probably comes up to you at this stage. Um, I, I don't think, I, I think he's become like a pariah uh, since he's returned. Like people know that he went off with you and like aren't really happy about that. But also, like he's probably deeply concerned with what you've done. Why these people are back. I can see why. Yeah, so as you kind of, like, wake up and, and rouse, um, you, you see Ioth at the rear of your cart. Dead. They were dead. And now they're alive. I saw them die. No, they were lost. And now we f- I found them. What did you do? I asked. Girl, what did you do? I asked. Who did you ask? Strail. What are you talking about, girl? What what did you do? I asked Strail, the storm. And the storm brought them back. You asked the storm? Yes. You asked this thing there. What have you brought upon yourself? What do you mean? We needed to get them back. And now they are back. And I think at this point, like, I have, like, looks over to them and goes, Can you be sure it's them? Yes. We made a deal. You don't make deals with remnants, girl. I really, really hope it's them. <laughs> what would you have to offer that a remnant would take? What would you have to offer that a storm would take? I would be very careful, girl. I hope for our sakes that they are who we think they are. And then just kind of like leans over and, and starts crying. Uh, what do you do? Um, I don't know. Do you, like, comfort him, or do you just let him cry? I think I'm all about hugs, so I think definitely a hug and saying everything's going to be fine. We have them back. They hate me. Why do they hate you? They took you into a snail, and and they blame it on me. All of their deaths, they blame it on me. But I went into the snow. They think I forced you. People always want someone to blame, and, well, we're the easy ones to blame. We? He, like, gestures over, like, towards the parish's cart. We. It happened before we left Ninut. It's happening again now. Well, they are wrong. They are many. And you see him, like, walk out to the cart, and he seems to be doing something, like, over, over and with the weaver. Like, takes what looks to be, like, a cloth and a bucket and, like, starts, like, 
starts like tending to her. No, I think I'll leave him to it. I was going to go over and say thank you for saving me, but I think that is a good time to leave that person to what they're doing. And Chala, obnoxious though she is, would even would recognize that. Okay. Um. Should we go to Belka and Briss now? Sure. Yeah. Yep. After a couple of hours of sleep, you're woken up by Kaylin, who's the one you've not really spoken to before. I feel like she probably wakes up Belka first, um, with like a couple of taps on the shoulder. Do you, do you wake up by that? Are you, are you like a heavy sleeper? Um, I mean, <laughs> Belka is covered in bells, so probably <laughs> okay. would have to be quite a heavy sleeper, I think. She probably like uh, like prods you and like pushes you a couple of times. Hey, did you exchange names? Uh. Yes, yeah, we did. Okay. And probably, like, whispers Belka, and I don't think you wake up by that, but I feel like you move and wake yourself up. Um, and you can tell, like, as you wake up, like, you've not been asleep for long enough, but you're still kind of thankful that you've got some sleep. Are you going to let Kaylin wake everyone up? I think I think as soon as Briss hears the, hears the bells, she starts awake. Okay. I'm conditioning Briss. <laughs> Uh, she she's been she's fallen asleep, sat against the wall, or starts awake and sort of jumps to her feet, groggily, and reaches for her belt for where the sword is, and remembers that it's not there, and reaches for the knife and takes that instead. Kaylin goes to wake Callum, walks back to the entrance to the door, and then looks at you and goes, "If you'd like, we've made you some food, and and we're down the hall, uh, ready to talk if you want to." We have our own food, but thank you. We'll talk. I'd like your food, please. <laughs> I have my own many things, but sometimes other people's are nicer. <laughs> um, so you follow Kaylin? Yep. Yeah, she leads you um, back down the hallway, back to the main hall that you're walking through, um, and like leads you through like a series of different rooms. Uh, the first room seems to be some sort of like sports hall. Uh, there seems to be like some holes carved into the wall either side and there's like a couple of balls just kind of left brushed up against one side you realize that there's like a second room almost like around like the arena with like some seats in and there are like holes um cut into the inner wall so people can watch into the arena and as you get to the other end of that room uh you realize that you're in like a gathering room like a central community room um which seems to be filled with a range of different tables uh, with, with chairs of different sizes sat around them. Each table seems to be customised in some way and, and painted in different colours and all of the chairs seem like intensely personalised as if the people here have put like a lot of pride into presenting their little group. There's probably seats for nearly a hundred people in this room but there are only three people sat in here or like sat around one small table. Um, Maddie is bringing over, like, some food and, like, filling up some bowls on the table. Cast, like, sits with his back to the wall, holding, like, a gun in one hand, but it's kind of, like, leaned against the wall. And Leaf just sits at his feet, uh, gently snoring. Sit. Please sit. Uh, is gonna take a, a bowl or a cup or whatever is on offer, um... But not sit down because I think a room full of hundreds of personalized chairs is so fascinating. They are definitely okay. walking all over the room, so like when they're not using their other hand to shove food in their face, just running it over all the chairs and like squatting down, looking at all the 
or the paintings <laughs> and carvings on them. Sure. There are so many stories here on there. There's so many. <laughs> um, I think I think Briss just grabs a chair and uh, goes over to the wall and sits with her back to the wall, facing Cast, uh, keeping her eyes on the gun. Okay. So yeah, I imagine like there's one wall and you're both kind of sat on it, like facing each other. Sure. I, I, I just don't want to leave my back exposed, basically. And one hand still on the on the knife. Uh, I feel, feel like Callan sits alongside you and um, Maddie and Kaylin both both sit down as well once Maddie's fe- finished serving the food. So, are you going to tell us what's going on here? A lot of people are dead, right? And you're stuck here. Are we stuck here too? You see all the empty places, right? This hall used to be filled. They're all gone. Each... And every one of them is gone. Gone where? Dead. Gone. No longer alive. No longer with us. We left our people days ago, trying to find somewhere safe. We thought these caves would be it. If they're not, we've got to leave. We've got to go back to them. We've got to tell them. You can go back. You can leave any time you want. It's just... it's dangerous. Surely it's more dangerous to stay here. Why don't you come with us? I, I, I feel like um, you sense different reactions around the table. Did you say that? Um, I feel like there's a glimmer in Maddie's eyes. I feel like Maddie, like at that suggestion, kind of looks like she'd like to join you. Cast also kind of looks the same. Like It doesn't necessarily look like he wants to join you, but he's glad that you've offered it. Kaylin just says, we're not leaving this place. This place is our home and we're not leaving it. Okay, then die here. But we're leaving. We have families, we've got people, we need to help. We need to get back to them. Are you going to stop us? Uh, Maddie says no. I think Briss looks straight at Kaylin and says, Do you speak for all of them? Why can't they decide? You get the impression that if Kaylin's going to stay, Maddie's going to stay. And if these two are going to stay, Cast is going to stay. Uh, Belka, what are you doing in a minute? Eating food, looking at chairs, trying not to be involved with this conversation where Briss is talking about how all their friends are dead. <laughs> uh, so you're just letting them have this conversation? <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I think Belka has got kind of used to Briss getting what she wants. But no, I think just listening. Okay. Are you like paying attention to anything in particular, any person in particular. Just because, like, read a person is, like, an obvious move here. Why not? Let's let's pay attention to some people. Um, which, which person? Which person are you focusing on? The, uh, not Maddie, the, and not Cast, the other one. <laughs> the third uh, one. Yeah, Kaylin. Kaylin, yes. Cool. Um, how are you feeling right now? I guess kind of sad in the room full of chairs with no occupants. I think that's pretty fair. Kind of tomb-esque in here. Yeah, I, I don't think this room is a pleasant place to be. No, I think it's it's going to be noticeably upsetting being in here. Oh, that is a nine. Cool. So when you read a person, roll in the centre nine, hold one. Spend hold one for one to ask, are you telling the truth about blank? What are you feeling? What do you intend to do? What do you wish I would do? How could I get you to blank? Hmm. I mean... How could I get you to leave seems like the obvious answer. Sure. Is that what you're asking? 
Yes. Um, I think you get the sense that she's, like, not necessarily attached to the place, but attached to, like, her sense of duty to be here. She's not quite ready yet to make the decision to let all of this go in her mind. Mm. And I think the way you can get her to leave is to make her face up to the truth, to, to be brutally honest with her. Uh, what are you doing? I mean, is, is Briss still trying to argue this point with, with her, Steve? <laughs> Briss, Briss isn't really arguing. When, when, when it looked like they were going to come, she was going to take them with. When they refused, she's sort of shrugging her shoulders. All right, fine. That's no help to me, then. Nope, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> is she sitting on, like, her special chair? Yes. Are there ones that look like her special chair? What, other chairs? Yeah, like, not exactly the same, but, like, similar. Yeah, I think so. It, it's quite plain. Mm. I guess the structure of the chair, it's quite, like, short, and it's, it's carved out of, like, wood that has kind of aged quite well. It, it's maybe not even hers, it's maybe, like, inherited. Mm-hmm. But like her, she carries all of these, like, tags with stuff written on them, like, all over her, like, clothes, and she's attached loads of those to the chair as well. But there are ones that are, like akin to hers. What I'm asking is, is there a reasonable enough connection between hers and someone else's that I could assume it was a family member's? Yeah. Okay. I think so. And I'm going to find one of those. There's a couple around this table and a couple around another like another table that look as if they came in a set with the, with the one that she's sat on. Let's go for the one that's closest to her so I don't have to awkwardly shout this conversation across a hall that can seat a hundred people. Sure. But that is where Belka is going to finally decide to sit down. Okay. Ostentatiously. A, a, a flamboyant sit. It's, a, a, it's well drawn out dramatically from the table. And then I think if uh, Briss and Callan are sort of used to Belka by now, like it sounds as though they are making more noise on purpose. <laughs> sure. I feel like Callan definitely like, looks at you with anticipation. I'll wink at him. <laughs> um, both Kaylin and Maddie look up as you sit down and make this this racket. And I think even like Leaf, uh, the dog, sort of like stops snoring for a second and, and looks round before like resting his head back down. I'm sorry, Leaf, that's an unintended consequence. <laughs> well, I was hoping I could choose one that was meaningful and therefore they'd be upset about me sitting in it, but... I might have made the wrong choice. I might try two or three. <laughs> if this clearly hasn't worked, I'm going to get up and find another one and try again. No, no. I, I think this has worked. I, I think um, Kaylin looks up, looks at the chair you're sitting in. You see, like, her eyes just kind of widen a little bit. And another skin is kind of, like, a grey colour. Like, it just sort of deepens. Uh, and there's, there's, like, pieces of, like, a dark green in there. It feels like annoyance. She's holding her, her, like, fork, and you can see, like, she's shaking a little bit. Why are you staying? I don't have to answer that. No. But you are only three, and this place is for so many more. Find a new place. Place for three. Or four. And sort of nod at Leaf. They still might come back. How long have they been gone? Are you asking this to, like, hurt her, or are you, are you curious? Bit of both, I guess. Mostly just curious. Two weeks. Hmm. Two weeks for everyone? Two weeks for the last. What's your point? What's your point 
Some things come back slow, true. The year is slow to return. Spring takes its time. People, though. People like to come home. Two weeks and not home. Maybe they won't come back. So is this um, maybe an expression? It could be. Which is, uh, when you take something you feel and express yourself by the way of your chosen art, which is words, I guess, and it is experienced by others, roll. On a 10 plus, choose 3. On a 7 to 9, choose 2. I kind of feel like this is where you're getting towards. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can either choose to do this through like the words you say, or you can say, like, what you want to get across to her. Well, I guess we could just keep uh, playing the conversation until we hit the point where we feel like we're doing this. You don't know. Mm, no. But you don't know. I, I promised I would wait here. And you have waited. Waiting ends. Many things end. But you have not yet. You continue forward. To stand still where so many have ended and wait is... What if, what if they're not dead? What if, what if they come back and find no one waiting for them? Then they will have each other, if all came back. But what if it's just one? Because she's kind of shrug there, I guess. Like That would be unfortunate, but many things are unfortunate. You needn't be one of them. How far are you willing to go here? I guess it's my question. Like, are you willing to tell her straight up that they're dead? Are you willing to tell them up front that they'll die? Yes. Okay. Let me just slip that in there. You'll die. <laughs> At least I'd have waited. <sighs> nothing good waits. Rocks wait, they change nothing. Mountains wait, they change nothing. People should move, people should be, people should go places and do things and change things, and if you wait, you you waste everything you could be. And you waste everything your family were, and they were, because they are not anymore. But there is more of you. I think this is the point where um, Kaylin stands up, like pushes herself backwards using the table, and just says, I don't have to listen to this, and just walks off. Um... But I think I think this is the point you also get to make your move to see. Like I think she's going to go and like null on the things that you've said. Okay. So yeah, uh, would you like to make an expression move? I would like to make an expression move. So when you take something you feel, a concept or an idea, and express yourself by the way of your chosen art, and it is experienced by others, roll on a ten plus, choose three, seven to nine, choose two. Okay. I well, I am gonna roll mad. I think because. I think there's too much parallel between this woman waiting underground to die and how much of Belka's life they feel like they wasted sitting around and waiting okay. underground. I think it's it's very frustrating for them. Um, that is a three. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Well, I tried. <laughs> you did try. So um, I feel like Kaylin, Kaylin storms off here. She go, she's going to like mull over the world, words that you've said. I feel like the things that you've said have hit her really hard. Not hard enough for a seven to a ten, though, unfortunately. <laughs> Briss, Briss is going to call, call after her. Uh, she just keeps walking. Um, I think Maddie looks at you and goes, "Why, why did you have to say those things?" 
and like starts to follow Kaylin. Um, is that either of you two doing anything? Yeah, Briss is gonna 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 like in response to that say uh, your friend your friend's willing to sacrifice you two to wait for someone who's not coming. Maybe think about that. Cass just looks and goes, I'm just here to protect those two. Nothing else matters. Why? What? Who are, who are they to you? They're just people. I found them here. They're the, they were the last two. No matter what happens, I will. Pro- and like as he starts to say the word protect, I think a scream rings out from down the corridor. And it's Kaylin's voice. And you hear Maddie, like Maddie, shout out to him.